0: I mean, we should know it off by heart. We should, now. shouldn't we? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm
1: Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey, and we are qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week,
0: we bring to you some of the best bits of information. Wait, that's not right. Yes, is it is? is. Is it? Best what bits talk of, of information. We talk about our favourite things, people, places, and events with a people whole lot place... of information, oh, oh, that's a lot you. of love, and, a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> and a lot
0: of laughs. Let's go with that. I, I, let's go with that. Oh, my God, we're so terrible. And then it's something to do with the websites, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcasts and on our websites, guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming virtual tours and
1: walking tours, as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we don't know off by heart.
1: (laughs) We really should by now, shouldn't we? We should.
0: I think if we thought about it a little bit more, it would have come to us.
1: I really, really let the side down cool.
0: there. <laughs> Gosh! Wow. Hello.
1: Welcome. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. We're uh, recording this just after England's defeat in the the, the competition. What What's the competition? Euro um, something? Is it Euros? Football. Yeah, sport ball. What What competition was it? I didn't um, watch it. I still don't know. UEFA. Was it? I don't know. Well,
0: anyway, Pink UEFA the pink wafer biscuits yeah I was supporting the pink team last night uh. no to be fair I I'm I'm into it and I've actually just joined fantasy football as well so uh yeah I was quite quite oh. upset last night oh dear yes I mean I, I got over it within a blink but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment where I was like oh my god it's actually not coming home <laughs> has it ever come home has it ever come home well yes so uh, one time apparently the people can't stop banging on about <laughs>
1: Yes, but not not in recent memory. No. <laughs> but there we go. Anyway, apart from uh, all the sport ball excitement, uh, what have you been up to? Have you had a good
0: week? I have had a, a very nice week, actually. Um, yes, what have I done? Yeah, I've just seen a couple of people. Um, Carmen has started to smile now. <gasps> Yay! And not just when she has gas. So <laughs> that is is really exciting.
1: Um so yeah, what about you? Yeah, it's been I can't actually remember the week now. Um I'm honestly, I'm a bear of very little brain, and I'm trying to remember what I've done this week. I'm sure it's been lovely. um and yes, <laughs> great. yeah. <laughs> good old July. I think I've done some things, <laughs> and those things have been good. and yes.
0: Exactly. The entertainment factor on this podcast is just <laughs> absolute electric. Yeah, we are, we are representative of the people, and <laughs> the <They're
1: laughs> They live like... in a shed. <laughs> London? Sounds like they don't do anything at all. Yes, well, anyway. Uh, but we are back for another week, which is, I think this is episode 43? Crikey. Goodness me. I'm surprised we stuck with it.
0: <laughs> I know, yes.
1: Gosh, how have we handled that? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but last week we talked about one of my favorite things in London, which is the the old Necro train oh. or the the Death Railway, which is kind of a little London legend, but was was really you know a great little thing that happened for well, best part of 90 years really um, mm. in London. So if you haven't listened to last week's one Go and have a listen. Uh, It's all kinds of fantastic uh, fun. And we picked our podcast pedestal last week. So the things that we thought were the the kind of crux points of the story. And we then fight it out in proper competitive fashion to see who wins. (laughs) So what did we pick last week?
0: so um if my memory serves um because yeah, mine doesn't <laughs> i picked the cemetery pub yeah this little pub that was in the cemetery that
1: catered for funerals well for this sort of the wake and made homemade sandwiches
0: and uh beer beer only if you were anglican only mm. an alcohol license for the Anglican, Anglican side. Beer. Anglican beer. Anglican Yes, I just, I really liked the idea that, you know, people couldn't couldn't wait to get off the train into the bar. Um, I mean, that, I think you're maybe, you know, projecting a little bit there, Emily, that's <laughs> what you'd be like. I know, I'd be like, oh, I just can't wait to get there. I'd be like, hasn't your, your, <laughs> your grandma died today? Yeah, I just can't wait for a drink.
1: Yeah, go in the gin. Uh, and my pick was the funeral of Charles Bradlaugh, who was a uh, an MP who was very instrumental in uh, talking about um, rights for Indian people in Britain. And his funeral, he was so popular, and his funeral was so huge. Mm. About 5,000 people, they had to lay on three trains of 17 carriages. And Gandhi was present as well. And I just thought that was a great way of, of kind of showing this amazing railway and everything it did out there. Um, but people didn't agree, because they only gave me 19% of the vote and you've got 81% oh my god we're diving straight in you're telling me we I've are. won Wow. 81% you got for your. for your uh, The Booze Hounds came out. Bloody that's it.
0: hell. Well, we clearly have quite a few alcoholics following us, Alex. Clearly. And I salute that. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Cheers to you all. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Sorry, have could I you remind me the do... percentage again? 81%. Yeah, all right. 81%. Is
1: 81%. Oh, wow. Is that.
0: 19, is that 19%. 19%. Thank you to the 19% of you who backed me. Oh God, Charles would be turning in his grave, wouldn't would. he? Yeah. Well, he doesn't.
1: He doesn't need all of your support. He had five thousand people supporting him. He doesn't need. He doesn't need that eighty-one percent that decided to get drunk instead. Go on, off with you. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well said, Alex. And Absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody. There we go. <laughs> so we have now. We are drawing again we'll at twenty again. twenty, neck and neck, neck and neck
1: brilliant well 2020 yeah. so that's 40 so how have we got to 40 without having because oh, there we... were
0: a couple of times such as the halloween one where we didn't do it that's
1: correct and we drew one week as well didn't we i think and the so. very first week was an intro so we didn't have one so that makes sense so yeah 43. yes that makes
0: sense
1: um, yes yeah the halloween one because we had a guest and so we didn't do we just we did
0: we her. need to get another guest on soon we do need don't get we? another
1: guest on let's have a think a little think about that yeah uh, maybe lee will come back who knows, who knows? Uh, i think he listens still if he doesn't, I'll... Oh, let's
0: hope so. I'll uh, Tell him off. Anyway, uh, where are we going this week? So this week, uh, we landed... Where did we land? We landed on the South Bank, didn't we? Mm. So I no. decided to talk about quite a gigantic event. And actually, this year is the 70th anniversary of this event. And it's called the Festival of Britain. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> now, do you know much about the Festival of Britain? Um I t- I don't know many specifics to be honest. I
1: know that it was done in uh 1951 on the 100th anniversary of the Great Exhibition in Hyde Park. Yes. But above and beyond that and I know that there was a uh, a little garden near St Paul's Cathedral that used to be uh, a coach park
0: which is called Festival Gardens but apart oh. from that I don't know much no. Oh, I didn't know that. All so, the glamour. Great. Okay. Um well, I mean, this festival was absolutely huge, and rightly said, 100 years after the Great Exhibition in 1851. And the Great Exhibition was basically a huge world fair, where you went around and you saw wonderful textiles and objects from China, uh, things from America, fire engines from Canada, that kind of thing, where this was all about Britain. And it's 1951, so it was six years after World War II, And London is a pile of rubble still.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's a very bleak time. I mean, obviously, people are incredibly relieved about the war being over... But to look around, it's very grey. You've got just buildings that are still in ruins. There's not much money about. Things are still being rationed. So something was needed to, you know, give people a little bit of hope, a little bit of excitement, for heaven's sake. And not football, because clearly that never happens. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) nothing to do with football. Um, And this idea was actually discussed as early as 1943 <laughs> really um, yeah so i, mean, the, I kind of think they've got other stuff going on right there, well exactly like. which is why it didn't kind of get going until 1947 because they thought well hang on a minute we have actually got a few things to do <laughs> um <laughs> so um the person who was quite instrumental for getting this going from 1947 was the labor mp and cabinet minister herbert morrison oh and he was fully in charge of the festival and he wanted it to be humongous and his grandson actually was the one who was responsible for the millennium dome
1: really
0: yeah a oh man dear. called peter mandelson so yeah he was but his, his grandson, grandson. i had no grandson. idea
1: also yeah. a member of parliament oh,
0: interesting. yeah yeah absolutely so, um now when I say huge, I mean it covers two thousand locations. What? This is not just a festival that takes over the South Bank. I mean, as you said, you know, you've got a little kind of patch of green over at St. Paul's. Um, but we're talking about taking over the Burlington Arcade, Battersea Park, um the Science Museum, and lots of towns, lots of cities all around the country. Oh wow. Yeah, it's huge, and this is something um, they wanted to do to make people look forward. It wasn't to educate people about what Britain has done. It was everything to do with where Britain is going. Where is Britain going in the way of art, culture, science, technology? So it's all about moving away from the past, especially because they've just had the war, yeah. and you know they want to they want to look. They want to look forward. Um, wow. It cost... Well, they had a budget from the government of around £12 million. OK, so that's pretty sizable, even for the day. Even for the day. I mean, especially you know, after
1: when, the end of second... Ooh. I mean, there's... A, mm, I like the idea of it, but I also... The practical
0: part of me is going,
1: there's a lot of people that could do with that money to get themselves back on their feet. But let, let's... yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Like Mary down the road, she's lost her house and, you know, hasn't got any shoes. Yet the government have got 12 million pound to spend on a fest. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway,
1: let's not be Debbie Downer about it. uh...
0: Sorry, this is meant to be, yay, the festival of Britain. No, that's me. I'm
1: always the Debbie Downer. I'm always
0: like, is that
1: really the best way the money could be spent? But anyway let's let's go with it let's pretend it was
0: (laughs) yeah now the main area the first place where they decided something was going to happen was an area that we now call the south bank today which is um kind of in between waterloo bridge in between westminster bridge that area and if you went there in the late 1940s it was um an area that was quite industrial there were warehouses working class housing but it was badly bombed yeah and this 27 acre became a fantasy land. So it was a wasteland and it got turned into a fantasy land. It was made of chocolate. (laughs) Oh, not that kind of (laughs) fantasy, Alex. Alex. (laughs) But that sounds like a great fantasy. It does, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Willy Wonka, eat your heart out. (laughs) Um, So it had 22 freestanding pavilions and this is in the South Bank section and this was featuring temporary and experimental architecture. It was... (laughs) In a modernist style, so people saw things that they had never seen before, created by wonderful architects of the time. You had elevated walkways, open interiors, and you felt like you were moving through a series of rooms. Um, There wasn't a concise link from one area to the other, um, but you kind of knew where you were going at the same time. Right. There were lots of trees, there was lots of grass planted and lots of hedges to block out all of the grey and black buildings which were covered in soot. (laughs) So we're obviously on the south bank where this is taking place so you couldn't really look over the river to the other side. So you had basically all these trees and it was luscious. So you came away from this kind of black and white film, if you like, and as soon as you walked through, you kind of entered the colour.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Um, is it Wizard of Oz where that happens yeah where yeah yeah, suddenly, yeah it's like black and white colour doesn't it yeah so you've suddenly got this bright world these incredible buildings they said it was like a gigantic toy shop for
1: adults okay I'm now I'm now willing to to let the, the everything made of chocolate thing slide because this does okay. sound pretty good <laughs>
0: okay kids um, so as I say you know it was all about kind of uplifting people's spirits and about giving people light-hearted fun um, so the South Bank featured lots of sculptures, lots of art. There were actually about 30 sculptures in the South Bank side alone. Um, and it was one of the first occasions where many female artists could actually take part. Oh, wow. Yeah, including a woman who I absolutely adore, who I spoke about a couple of weeks ago on my Let's Talk About Art Little video on Instagram, Barbara Hepworth. She is my fave. I oh have. I, I think I
1: I talked about her on Global Tea Break. I, sorry, I'm just going to derail your chat now. But no, Barbara please. Hepworth, I just I studied art A level, and I we'd kind of go to places and like look at art and stuff and I didn't always quite get it and part of me was like eh, you know, fine, whatever and then we went down to Cornwall and we went to her home Oh, you did and I got it I just oh got I, mm. I had this sort of I don't know like this really weird um, sort of experience where we just went into the gardens and her art because it's all about leaving it amongst nature and having it, you know, you'd be able to go up and interact with it. And I just had this almost like spiritual revelation in the garden of our home. And I just fell in love with Barbara Hepworth. So whenever I travel and there's a Barbara Hepworth near there, if I can go and see it, I will.
0: Mm. Um, I love Barbara Hepworth so much. So yay, yay for her. Yay for Hepworth. And her pieces, so she had two pieces within the exhibition and you could touch them. Um, which is something that she really wanted people to do as opposed to today wearing galleries and museums where her pieces lie you can't really you can't really touch them because they're trying to preserve them. You can still
1: in her gardens in Cornwall. Oh can you? And actually there's
0: quite a few places you'll find that because that was part of the
1: um, part of her work there's a place in the Netherlands which is called um, I can't remember the name it's um, it's this lovely gallery in um, a kind of conservation area and they've got pieces of hers and you are allowed to go up and interact with them and touch them so you can still do that fab
0: oh wonderful um so you've got hepworth you've got exhibitions showing works of hogarth and henry moore in the tate gallery which was specifically for the festival of britain in battersea park there's an open air international exhibition of sculpture you've got modern british painting in the burlington gallery uh you've got the unsophisticated arts in the South Bank Centre, showing <laughs> <laughs> taxidermy. <laughs>
1: unsophisticated
0: arts, that's so <laughs> Isn't unfair. That great? Um, <laughs> fairgrounds, which I don't think is really unsophisticated. Um, the decoration of food, waxworks and funerals. Oh, yeah, would have loved I mean, to have that's... seen that unsophisticated that's, that's, a, that's a snobbery thing isn't it but hey alright I get yeah. it <laughs> and um, you can find a couple of things along the South Bank today which um, exist from the time of the festival such as the uh, Royal Festival Hall and the first stone was laid by the Prime Minister at the time Clement Attlee in 1949 um, it was on the site of the Lion Brewery which had been there since the early 19th century oh, right. and this building which today hosts all sorts of performances and they have charity events world music all sorts of different things was known and i guess still known as the egg in the box <laughs> never heard that. that's hilarious yeah and this is because the auditorium in the middle is quite separate to the architecture around it it's quite different so it's it's like something is kind of placed in the in oh, the building yeah, that okay. isn't necessarily um connecting with the building yeah yeah And also, it was the first building to be Grade One listed after the war.
1: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, have you been in? I have. I've actually performed at the Royal Festival Hall with my choir a few occasions. Oh my god! Um, How wonderful! Very nice. Um, Now, if there was an image for the Royal Festival of Britain, or (laughs) the Royal Festival, (laughs) the Festival (laughs) of Britain, let's call it the Royal, um, I'm grading it there, (laughs) Emily. I'm trying. Um, It was probably the skyline. Now do you know the Skylon? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still it's I assume it's the same building still? No, it's not a building, so it's Oh then um, no, I don't. It's basically a sculpture. So it's a cigar-shaped aluminium clad steel tower. I'll try and get that into my head. Um <laughs> three hundred foot high. Right. And it basically had um these kind of um kind of guide ropes which and made it which allowed it to stand up vertically and the oh, guide so a, l- ropes, a little bit like the london eye those sort of big steel cables that come yes, down yes exactly but right. um a, a lot thinner to the point that if you were only a few meters away you couldn't really see the guide ropes okay. yeah so it almost looked like it was just floating Ooh. and seeing this in 1951 you know people were just dumbfounded by how on earth it could it could stand up and not fall down Um, It lit up of an evening time, so that was probably quite a spectacle to see. Um, And it was between Westminster Bridge and the Hungerford Bridge. Okay. There until 1952, when Sir Winston Churchill says this needs to be scrapped. (laughs) Ooh. I've actually just looked up a picture of it. Yeah. It's brilliant. It looks like some kind of UFO. It does, and initially it was going to be horizontal, so it would have looked even more like a UFO. But they decided to put it uh, vertically, so you've just That's got this amazing. kind of, uh, yeah, it's almost like um, like a diamond has been squashed. Yeah, it yeah. looks
1: like a sort of um. If you've seen the film Arrival, yes, so it reminds me of that. That sort of always kidney bean shape, although it's like this uh, the skyline looks a lot sort of more squished. But this this spaceship that comes
0: down is sort of this kidney bean thing that floats above the surface yes no that's, that's what exactly it's reminding me of a little that bit. Is like that is the feel of yeah. the arrival because there's nothing underneath the spaceship is there no so no it's floating. there's floating uh, yeah, yeah. A, a gap yeah that's what this looked like um and because it was so tall you know you could see it see it for miles so it would have been quite, yeah. quite spectacular um, but it was um, sold for scrap. Flipping L. Churchill, come on. <laughs> it was toppled into the Thames. Oh, yeah. very ignominious. <laughs> and it was actually, not all of it, but some of it, some of the aluminium was turned into kind of spoons and different decorative things that you could buy with an inscription saying, I was part of the Skylon. <laughs> <Goodness>. <laughs> so, I wonder where they are, languishing in bottom drawers somewhere. Yeah, the probably. Hilarious now you've also got the dome and this was the dome of discovery and when i was looking into this it made me think of the the globe that was in leicester square do you remember Yes, I was. It's funny. I was thinking about
1: that just at the start of this because having been yeah. through Leicester, well, near Leicester Square yesterday with all the football fans, I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, they're the amazing... brave
0: going through there yesterday. Well, I didn't.
1: know I, well, I was doing a walking tour, and we finished at Piccadilly, and I, I went past it. I didn't, did not go through it because I thought that would. Ah, be,
0: gosh, that it would was so be. rowdy. I was over at Liverpool Street Station in the morning, and there was a guy before eleven o'clock swigging out of a bottle of wine, a <laughs> wine bottle. He had no top on, Classy. one shoe, and I was like. Christ. You need to tell Nick not to do things like that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am not walking with you today. I'm four steps ahead of you. <laughs> Give me that wine bottle. <laughs> Stop hogging it. Um anyway, so the Dome of Discovery. Now this was huge. So it had a di uh di- d- diameter, let me get my words out, diameter of three hundred and sixty-five feet. Oh, it wow. stood at ninety three feet high and when you entered you went down this huge escalator so it's quite dramatic
1: um
0: it was made out of aluminium um and you also had lights within the aluminium so at night time all the little kind of spotlights would light up and it would also it would kind of look like i presume if you were say on the other side of the river lots of little stars that were quite low quite low down yeah okay Um, this was quite new to see as well you know lights that had been embedded into aluminium there were lights embedded into the concrete buildings as well so yeah very impressive and so Um, when you
1: said it was like the one that was on Leicester Square which if people haven't listened to that podcast that's I mean a few months ago now that we talked mm. about it was it the same kind of thing
0: then well so inside it taught you about the land the earth i mean that one in leicester square on the inside you had the map of the world yeah you didn't have that here at the dome of discovery but you could learn about uh our planet earth learn about the um the sea the sky outer space the physical world the living world um but in a wow. different way gotcha. these you would see um Propellers. You would see telescopes. You would watch films, which is to do with the sea, um things like that. Wow. The architect said that the dome was a kind of mathematical poem. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I'm assuming he knows what he means by that. I don't really know. <laughs> no one questioned him. They just was like, "Yep, yeah, cool. <laughs> I'll go with it." Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you also had a pavilion which showed all sorts of furniture that you could have in your home, this in your garden. Is all garden. in the South Bank, this bit? This, is all, this bit is all in the South wow. Bank. Yeah, all in the South Bank, so huge. Um, and this was very much loved because you've got to think, we're well, just after the war, people don't really have much. People don't have that much furniture. They don't really have things on their walls. Um, decoration, people aren't really that bothered about. So suddenly they're going into this pavilion and they're seeing wallpaper and patterns and furniture. And it's giving people um, a sense of taste and what mm. is in style and what you could, you know, what you could buy. What you could aspire to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could have beautiful wallpaper. Um, I don't know if there are people in there, like, you know, um, those old-fashioned kind of shopping malls where you yeah. go in and you see somebody... I don't know. Using the latest blender, yes, and you watch them kind of blend carrots, and you're like, "Wow, I want one. I want blended carrots in my life." <laughs> I don't know if you'd have people like, you know, where you'd go over to this bed that suddenly like lifts up or something. I don't know.
1: You're back, um, you're back
0: to the uh, uh, to the, the amazing um bed in celestial, celestial beds. Bed. Yes, I do think <laughs> about that times. at least once a day. So there we go. That's my quota. Um, Now also music, so there was lots of performances Um, I'm going to talk about Battersea in a moment Which was the area where you went for fun Where you went to dance Where you went to eat Where you saw lots of performers Whereas here on the South Bank It was mostly all about education Okay. Still fun, but mostly education Um, And over at the South Bank You had performances From the All Steel Percussion Orchestra From Trinidad Oh, wow. And this was the first time that steel drums had been heard live in Britain. Oh, wow. Mm. So in the 1940s, there was huge rivalry between steel drum bands in Trinidad, a rivalry in the way that certain bands wanted to perform at certain places and they only had enough room for, you know, a particular number of bands and it was huge in trinidad trinidad in the 1940s
1: and also i suppose because you know um, 1948 we've had the windrush um, yep. arrive so we're in that that period of of immigration known as well, what we now call the windrush generation so that's really interesting so it would have been the kind of caribbean communities that had come to london yeah it would have been you know bre- oh, that's really lovely
0: yeah yeah really nice um and in trinidad um, Britain basically sent over a request and said, We would like one still drum band to come over to Britain. Oh, wow. So I don't know how they picked the all still percussion orchestra. I don't know if there was kind of like an audition process or what, but they were the ones, and um, you know, there were quite a few of them. I think there were a, about a dozen performers altogether. They came over to Britain and performed. And, you know, people kind of uh, gathered around them, saw them with their, you know, the top of bin lids, which apparently looked rather rusty and the band um, didn't really have time to, to repaint them. And suddenly they started to play... And everyone couldn't believe the sound. Everyone was looking underneath the bin lids, thinking, "Is this a recording? Where is this wonderful sound coming from?" Because it was the first time they'd heard um, that kind of music. Oh, that's hilarious! Um, yeah, and people people loved it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I I love that idea of you know including the sort of immigrant communities in mm. celebrations. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Now, also, if you go to the South Bank today, you'll find the BFI, the British Film Institution, which is where I once worked. Behind did you the really? Bar. I did. The behind yeah. the bar. Behind the bar. Yeah, loved it. Um, and where you have the BFI today is where you had the cinema. Now, this is of course 1951. We've only had the television for what say 25 odd years. So, this was very exciting. And Herbert Morrison, the creator who I mentioned at the start, um, he wanted to uh, have lots of British films constantly being shown for people to enjoy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, this was one of actually the most popular attractions. I think about 500,000 visitors in the space of six months, which was how long (laughs) the festival went on for, Um, went in and and watched various films. And what kind of films were they showing? Do you know? Was it sort of... I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't exactly know. Um... I know that over a dozen sponsored documentary films were made especially for the festival. Oh they wow. probably had other other films as well showing, but there were yeah. ones which were designed to to tell people about the festival um to show people um, uh, how the art of film is important, so Amazing. that was a film in itself, but yeah, specific that's, titles uh, and things I'm not too sure
1: that's fantastic, yeah. I love that Um, idea of them, you know, people kind of going to the cinema for possibly the first time and being like, this is amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so exciting. Now, over at the Science Museum, especially for the Festival of Britain, a new wing was built to hold um, kind of three exhibitions, if you like, one of which showed the physical and chemical nature of matter. Um, The second was the structure of living things, so it kind of dealt with like plants and animals. And then the third was Stop Press, which showed some of the latest topics of research in science. Oh, wow. And actually, if you go there today, you can find uh, Festival Fabrics, which uh, were made specifically for the 1951 festival. Oh, really? Yeah. That's quite cute. Yeah, and you can also find the official souvenir book as well there. Oh right! Wow. Mm, yeah, I don't know where it is. I've never seen it, but oh, is it we should go? Well, they. Mm, yeah, I'm trying to think inside the museum. I don't know if they'd have. Maybe they have. I mean, because it's the 70th anniversary this year, maybe they might get a few more things out yeah. on display.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Now, over at Battersea, so this was the place where you went and you had uh, a fantastic time, you know, so <laughs> much fun. There were so many amusements and entertainments. And actually, um, the fun fair in Battersea, it remained open until the 1970s. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was mainly to, um, to keep getting money in because by the end of the festival, they hadn't made enough profit. You know, the amount of money that they put into the funfair, to the pavilion and the different things that I'm going to mention in a minute, um, they thought, well, you know, we haven't even broke even, so we're going to have to keep it open. You surprise me. <laughs> um, which, you know, just the people were very thankful for, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, Battersea Park is quite big. And pretty much the whole park was used for the Festival of Britain. So there was actually a miniature railway. Yes, I yes. love miniature railway. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me?
1: <laughs> you just got Ed, that. I was brought look about up you. in a family which uh, properly, you know, um, made almost like a religious um, adherence to the, the beauty of railways and steam, oh. thanks to my dad, because he is a massive fan of all that. So, yeah, I miniature railways them. and all of that. Definitely. Nice.
0: Well, this one was called the Emmett Railway, named after a man called Roland Emmett, who was a cartoonist, and inventor, and he actually designed the car um, that you can see in the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so this was a really cute little train. Lots of people went on it. Apparently, it was taking a 1,000 passengers an hour, and in total, about 2 million people um, uh, used it and traveled. Traveled on it whilst it was there fantastic yeah now you also had a restaurant so people could wine and dine there um you had foaming fountains fountains oh, yes. that didn't just kind of express water but they also foamed as well with, with what I've washing up liquid. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they put in there. Hilarious. <laughs> Foaming fountains. And you can find some fantastic videos, um, kind of silent videos on YouTube, where it just kind of takes you to different parts of the festival. And um, you can see just the, how happy people are, the joy on people's faces. And over in the South Bank, you can find fountains. And it's quite funny because in the South Bank today, there's lots of kind of water dancing, isn't there? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then it shows you, it cuts to the foaming fountains and you just see all this foam bubbling about. Brilliant. quite fun, yeah. Um, The fun fair itself. Now, um, most of the festival was, you know, designed to kind of show uh, what Britain was doing. But actually for the fun fair, they had to get quite a few of the fairground rides from the United States, mainly because um, you just couldn't obtain these kind of rides in Great Britain at the time. So kind of roller coasters and, uh, I don't know, just kind of different rides. Because we had carousels, and actually you can still find a carousel on the South Bank. You can, absolutely. Different things like that. Um, Now there was also an amphitheatre, which could seat 1,250 people. Woohoo! Yep, where you saw all sorts of musical performances. And this was later turned into a circus. And then the dance pavilion. It doesn't sound like there's enough space for all of this. It doesn't, does it? It's a huge amount of stuff. Yeah, and actually the dance pavilion, apparently it was the largest tent of its type in Europe at the time. What? Yeah, and you went inside, um, you're on a red carpet, and there's a chandelier right in the middle, this huge chandelier. It apparently had space to occupy 400 couples on the dance floor and 700 (laughs) spectators. What? Mm, massive. That's incredible. Yeah, and in the guidebook, um, it said that when the chandelier lit up, the pleasures of the night are afoot. Oh, hello. Hello. Meet Sounds you right under right the up chandelier. That <laughs> 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 that chandelier lit lads, it's yeah. going off. <laughs> the clock at Waterloo, meet you underneath the lights. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and the pleasure gardens received as many visitors as the South Bank Festival, which was huge. Wow. Um now you also had things going on in poplar poplar is in east london and it's an area which saw huge devastation during world war ii so they thought well let's put on a huge exhibition which is to do with town planning and architecture you had live architecture talks um and they also put up a new how would i say uh I guess estate it was the Lansbury estate oh okay right yeah yeah so um, new housing residential you, yeah yeah if you look at it today you know it looks seriously dated but at the time <laughs> you went in there were separate bathrooms you know there was toilets indoors um, you had hot water all these kind of modcoms that just people were so excited to have I think I've used the word excited about 500 <laughs> times. I just want to emphasise one last time that it was a very exciting time. <laughs> and that's the last time I'm going to say the word excited. That was excited. hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, it now, won't be, will it? You will say excited again. <laughs> I will. I'll probably say it in about two seconds. Um and there are a couple of things in Poplar that you can find that were created in 1951. Um, the Trinity Independent Chapel. Okay. And a couple of pubs. There is a pub called the Festival Inn. Right. And also uh, the Festive Britain, which is now called Callahan's Pub. But, um, but, yeah. So mm-hmm. if you want to see what a pub, uh, what pub design looked like in the 1950s, then head to Poplar. Amazing. The Festival Inn. I mean, even just to sort of name it after it as well. Yeah, right. Hilarious. Um, There was a ship, it was called HMS Campania, which initially escorted aircraft carriers um, uh, of the Royal Navy. Of the Royal Navy? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, of the Royal Navy. Um, (laughs) I might not say the word excited, but I am losing the power of speech. Um, And so eventually it was used as a floating exhibition hall for the Festival of Britain. Fantastic. And it toured everywhere. It went to Dundee, Newcastle, Hull, Plymouth, Bristol. And on it, you could learn about the land of Britain, um, things that have been discovered in Britain, and people at home as well. Oh, so wow. things that people are doing on land. Amazing. Mm. Um, and before I kind of close, a couple of other random things. There was an exhibition about Sherlock Holmes. Oh, Yes. I know about this bit. Go on. I love it. It's great. Well, oh, I don't know much about it. All I know is there was an exhibition about Sherlock Holmes, which um, part of which is now owned by uh, the Westminster Libraries, which is where you can find information about it. And um, you can see kind of little clips and um, different items in the Sherlock Holmes pub from the festival. But I don't know. Do you know anything? Well, it, yeah, it's to do with the pub. They had this sort of I say replica although obviously Sherlock
1: isn't a real person they had this replica of what would have been Sherlock's study and the Sherlock Holmes pub which was not called it at the time I think it was the Northumberland Arms or something Mm. and was linked to a hotel um bought it and they installed it on the first floor of the pub and it's still there today and you can go and see it
0: oh amazing it's hilarious and it's
1: quite like it's it's brilliant because it's stock full of so many little details. But in the corner is this really quite horrifyingly creepy sculpture of Sherlock. Oh, God. And he looks like a sort of, like a corpse of some description. It's really funny. You look at the whole study and you're like, oh, this is really cool. And then you kind of go, oh, you see him in the corner? <laughs> um but yeah, it's still there, and then they changed the name to the Sherlock Holmes Pub, and oh. they've engraved the windows as well with all the stuff.
0: So that's yeah, I just remember. Oh, excellent! Little... Oh, nice! It's and weird, that's just it's... off of um, Trafalgar Square, isn't it?
1: Yeah, just below Trafalgar Square on Northumberland Avenue, mm. um, and it's yeah, it's it's a good
0: little pub actually. I recommend mm. it. Nice. Um, something else that was put on was two trains it was kind of excursions taking you to places linked to William Shakespeare one of the trains was called the William Shakespeare and the other one was called the Merchant Venturer (laughs) <laughs> I feel um, like there's better options they could have gone with, but all right, right. Let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's... So fly. one of the trains went to Stratford-upon-Avon and one of the trains went to, to Bristol. Um, and the merchant or, or the merchant venturer remained in service until 1961. Now, in total, um, bearing in mind it was there for six months, they said that the population, um, or the population, the amount of people to attend the festival was 49 million whoa mm. and i assume that's across all the
1: sites across the uk not
0: just in london not just in london no yeah. across the sites and the festival site uh, being mainly the south bank over the next 30 years is developed and today you know we've got the south bank center you've got the royal festival hall you've got the national film Fil- uh, film theater sorry um the haywood gallery so all sorts going on and also the festival was the first place to have soft toilet paper. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to end on to that. <laughs> As opposed to um, roof tiles, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a carpet, you know. <laughs> Now also, Alex, I'm not too sure if you know this, but this is pretty important and should not be missed, that it was at the Festival of Britain in nineteen fifty one when the blue badge qualification was started. <laughs> I was wondering if you were gonna get to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the grinding qualification. Is that? Yeah. yeah. For all these people coming in and, and I think it was they were red badges in London originally, weren't they? And then it moved mm. to the blue badge. Mm. Um but that's where we all start. Well, obviously not you and I,
0: but uh, that's, that's where the whole <laughs> yeah. thing starts from. Where it all began. The it so cool, actually. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. yeah. Festival of Britain. Amazing. Mm. Oh, and also, um, so uh, a gentleman who was somebody that kind of would write uh, for newspapers and um, had different books, he was called William Fever. He described the festival as... Brace legs, indoor plants, lily of the valley, sprays of light bulbs, aluminium lattices, Cotswold type whaling and picture windows, flying staircases, blonde wood, the form, the spike, the molecule.
1: Sounds like he'd be fun at parties <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And of course what I like about it is that That, that legacy of culture and fun has, has carried on Because of course the South Bank is known Like you say you've got the World Festival Hall and everything else there And we had, you know, there used to be the South Bank show Which was all about culture And so it's kind of a, a cultural heart of London Which is, is really quite lovely So that's quite a legacy yeah. for that festival to have even if it didn't make tons of money and blah 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 all that kind of stuff or didn't Mm. even break even um that's a great legacy to have and do you know if there are many sites across other towns and cities
0: in the UK that are still there that are linked to the Festival of Britain I don't know I'm sure there would be I mean actually um because a lot of it was to do with town planning and housing and I guess in terms of um because especially after World War II, when everything came down, they wanted people to know that the government is doing something about moving forward with creating better homes, creating flats. And Harlow, which is where I was born, actually. Oh, that's um, where one of my best friends lives, actually. Isn't oh, really? Oh, OK. Um, and quite a few other places. It really kind of shows you that Festival of Britain style. Lots of concrete yeah. and, uh, to, uh, and high rises. <laughs> yeah all the glamour all All the glamour glamour. all the glamour glamour.
1: wow fab thank you I didn't know too much about the Festival of Britain I feel so much more enriched for knowing all about that oh good thank you very much and it's interesting now because when we talk about the Festival of Britain I'll be able to sort of you know speak about it with a little bit more knowledge than I would have done before even if I don't share the knowledge it's there I've got back up
0: and don't forget to tell people that it was very exciting yes of course very exciting (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Em.
1: Podcast Pedestal. So we now have to pick our favourite bits of the story or the the crux bits for the Podcast Pedestal. Yes. Do you have an idea what you're going to
0: go for? There are a couple of things. Okay. But I think... Do you want to go first? No, because I'm not quite sure yet what I'm going to go for. Okay. So I would like to go for the steel drum band. Ooh, nice yeah that's a really lovely idea i like that um i like the reaction the reaction of the britons the yeah. brits hearing that music for the first time and <laughs> looking under the drums for where the music's coming from yeah on for this kind of recording yeah. and not really believing it and thinking what on earth is, are these men about to do they've got these bin lids who you know where have they come from this is you know, interesting. Let's wait and see what happens, and then suddenly, yeah, that's amazing. And there is actually a song by the group that you can Ooh. find on YouTube, which is all about the festival. They sing all about London and like oh, wow. the double-decker buses, and yeah. I mean, maybe we can try and share a, a clip of
1: that on. Um, on yeah, if you can find it. Yeah, great. That's your job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yes, of course. Yeah. What am I going to go for? Oh, there's so many great options. Um. I'm tempted to... Oh, no. Okay. Oh. I, I really like the the um alien-style sculpture. What was that called? The, the Skylon? Oh, the
0: Skylon. Yes, that's a good one. I quite like that. Um. I... Hmm. I don't
1: want to go for that. I'm also quite tempted just to go simply for the sheer number of people who went, because I think that's quite a good indicator but i uh, know i think i'm going to go for the sky because that's kind of intrigued me this huge structure that i really wish was still around now it'd be brilliant um almost sort of boomerang looking thing sticking up in the sky because i've just i've looked at some pictures of it and we'll try and share some on uh on our instagram
0: to try and <coughs> swing the vote um no <laughs> No, i'm
1: joking i'm joking oh no well, it's okay
0: because if i put if i put up um a little bit from the steel drum band. Exactly. We'll do yes, both. yes, yes, yes.
1: Um it's enormous. It it just the, the pictures that I looked at, it, it's just
0: towering.
1: Mm. Yeah. How, I mean, how tall did you say it
0: was? Three hundred foot. I mean that's enormous. It is. If you are on the other side of the river, you know, and bearing in mind you've got hedges so you can't actually see everything. You're gonna see the top of the dome and you're gonna see this humongous cigar shaped thing. it it
1: looks incredible it looks it does look like such an alien craft and I think for me that is uh, that's the sort of the thing about the whole festival is that it was all about the things coming in that people were like what on earth is this this is Mm. new and great like Mm -hmm. even the cinema um, and you sort of think goodness it's yeah I mean what 300 feet so the the London Eye is about 440 feet isn't it so Mm -hmm. if you think about how huge that is and how much that so it's about two thirds of the height of that oh, I, I, yeah you do the maths on that four fifths I don't know whatever it's it's almost as high as that and it's this sort of alien thing it would be like oh my goodness it, it would be to quote you exciting <laughs> to see that exactly exactly towering over London especially at, at night it looks like from the photos that it was really lit up and mm. just looks otherworldly and amazing it would be would be a real sort of it would grab your attention definitely so I'm, I'm yeah I'm going to go for Skylon
0: mm.
1: I think that's a very good one it's a yeah. very good one
0: Fantastic. Okay. There well, we those are your choices, we'll everyone.
1: So it's either skylon which is the 300-foot tall alien sty- type sculpture, or the uh, Steel Band from Trinidad, which I think is a great choice as well. Not as good, obviously, but you know. Well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> we'll see what the public think. <laughs> I think I think that's going to be quite a tight one this week.
0: Mm, maybe so. Choices. Maybe so. Here we go.
1: So before we move on to the Wheel of Destiny uh what have you got coming up have you got anything that is
0: well i've still got my (laughs) i'll just say the same thing over and over again Uh, if anyone wants to come on my Hive walking tour um it's on the 15th 22nd of august both at 11 o'clock hour and a half 15 pounds per person and you just need to go to my website and book brilliant yay yay and you
1: I'm away this weekend. I'm off to Snowdonia on a photography oh, trip, which yeah. I'm very oh excited my God. about. God, that is very exciting. I'm very excited. But the following week, now the next two weeks, we've got some really cool. If I think, so if I say to so myself, some of my really popular tours coming up. So on the 24th of July, we have my Harlots tour which is around Covent Garden and Soho, which is all about the Georgian sex trade. It's one of my faves. And then on Sunday, another of my faves, which is street art in the East End. Um, And then we are doing, because it is coming into the summer, we're going to do a Harry Potter film locations one on the 1st of August. (laughs)
0: That's
1: the one. So if anyone wants to, any Potter heads out there want to come and do a little bit of pottering around London, please do come and check out my website and then see all the other dates um, coming up as
0: well. There we go. Perfect. Yay. Perfect.
1: The Wheel of Destiny.
0: Lovely. So it's time for the Wheel of Destiny. Yes. Oh, and it's my go this week,
1: isn't it? Or next yes. week, rather. Um, so I feel like I've done two railways
0: <laughs> recently. You have. So I maybe won't do a railway. <laughs> You're going to stay still this time.
1: I'm going to stay still. Um. I would probably... We've done quite a few places and, and events, haven't we? So I might be looking at a person or group of people possibly um so yeah i think that's i'm going to look at something along those lines depending on where it lands
0: okay i'm going for it alex lacey go for it
1: bloomsbury bloomsbury oh yay okay oh no tell you what yes so there's quite a few really good options in bloomsbury there's all there are. i mean we there's did a while ago that. we talked about um virginia wolf didn't we which was, we did at uh, one of your weeks which was great um but i haven't done anything lately on a person of color and i am a very uh, very much an ally in in every respect of all different kinds of marginalised communities and I really want to do some more um, history of colour so I'm going to pick a lady who is linked to Bloomsbury who had um, a plaque that was unveiled to her just I think last year or maybe earlier this year um, a lady called Noor Inayat Khan ooh okay who was a uh, British spy during World War Two, and she was a radio operator and one of the very first Muslim women to serve as well. So, um, Ooh, right, excellent, to her because she's fascinating. Great, well, I look forward to that. Fantastic. That'll be it for next week. Nora nice. and Amazing.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you very much, Alex. It's been thank lovely. Thank you. Thank um, you very much for the Thank chat. you. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. And we will see you next week for a chat about Nora Neyak Khan. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next
0: week. Have an exciting week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.